Welcome to Friendship with God with our Bible teacher, Tom Cantor. Today's message and previous messages can be listened to or downloaded for free at friendshipwithgod.org. Friendshipwithgod.org. You can also obtain free resources from Tom Cantor and view our online bookstore at friendshipwithgod.org or call us at 800-247-3051, 800-247-3051. Tom Cantor also has a daily devotional verse that comes out each day by email and on Facebook. To receive this small daily devotional verse that Tom Cantor puts out, you can sign up at friendshipwithgod.org, friendshipwithgod.org, or find Tom Cantor on Facebook by searching for Tom Cantor and Friendship with God. Now, here is our Bible teacher, Tom Cantor. All right, let's pray. Father, thank you for your word this morning. Thank you, Lord, that you're not silent, that you've spoken. You've not only spoken into the air, but you've spoken to us. We thank you for that, in Jesus' name, amen. Matthew chapter seven, verse one. Hooray, we're in a new chapter. Chapter seven, verse one, okay. Judge not that ye be not judged. For with what judgment ye judge, ye shall be judged. And with what measure ye meet, it shall be measured to you again. Why beholdest thou the mote that is in thy brother's eye, but considerest not the beam that is thine own eye? How wilt thou say to thy brother, let me pull out the mote out of thine eye, and behold, a beam is in thine own eye? Thou hypocrite, first cast out the beam out of thine own eye, and then thou shalt see clearly to cast out the mote out of thy brother's eyes. Give not that which is holy unto the dogs, neither cast ye your pearls before swine, lest they trample them under their feet and turn again and rend you. Okay, now, as we come now and, and open this seventh chapter of Matthew here, and read this new topic here, judge not that you be not judged in verse one. We think to ourselves, what is that? How does that go along with what we've been reading so far? What is that? How does that go along with what he's been saying in the previous chapters? And uh, well, there is a link. There's a link between this chapter, how it opens up, and the previous chapter. When you think of that, the previous subjects that he's been covering has been showing the differences, the differences between the scribes and the Pharisees and what he's teaching. It was their practice to judge others. It was their practice to condemn. As a matter of fact, when you look at the Greek word that's used here for judge, the word krino, it is meaning condemnation. This was what the scribes and Pharisees were doing. For example, when they looked at him, the Lord Jesus, in Mark 3.22, they said the scribes came down from Jerusalem, Mark 3.22, and said, he has Beelzebub, and by the prince of the devils casted the out devils. So this is what they were doing. They condemned him by making this statement. Another link was we have so far been covering in the latter part of chapter six, the subject of anxieties. And in Matthew 6, 25, for example, this was this whole theme of take no thought. He says, therefore I say unto you, take no thought for your life, what you shall eat, what you shall drink, for your body, what you shall put on. The life is more than meat. And again, we saw in Matthew 6.34, this whole subject of therefore take no thought. Matthew 6.34, for the morrow, for the morrow shall take thought for the things of itself, sufficient unto the day of evil thereof. And the reason for not taking any thought was because your heavenly Father, your heavenly Father, Matthew 6.26, 6.26, your heavenly Father feedeth them. 
in Matthew 6.30, Matthew 6.30, God so clothed the grass of the field, Matthew 6.32, 6.32, your heavenly Father knoweth that you have need of all these things, and going on, all these things should be added unto you. In other words, the reason we get anxious, the reason we take thought is because we don't leave to God his responsibilities of making a way for us to be fed and clothed. Well, here in this passage, with the same idea, is that we're stepping into a realm that is God's. God is the judge. He alone is the one who will either condemn or not condemn. So what the Lord Jesus is doing in this chapter is he's directing us of how we're supposed to respond to the faults of other people and not condemn. The Lord Jesus is speaking here of a personal condemnation. He's not talking about the role of government in judging crimes. That's their responsibility. That's the responsibility of government. He's not talking about the role of the judge whose responsibility comes from the government. He's talking about the individual. And it's important for us to realize that judgment or condemnation, that's God's realm. For us to judge a person's intentions, for example, that's above our pay scale. For us to judge whether or not a person's gonna be cast into hell, that's above our pay scale. But what the Lord means here in verse two is clarified further when you look at the parallel passage in Luke 6.37, Luke 6.37, where he says, judge not, you shall not be judged, Condemn not, and you shall not be condemned. Forgive, and you shall be forgiven. So what he's meaning here, when he says judge not, is not to condemn. Now it's good for us to discern, that's a good thing, but not to draw the conclusion of condemnation. One reason we're not to condemn is because that's not God's focus. It's not his focus. When it says in the verse after John 3.16, John 3.17, John 3.17, God sent not his son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through him might be saved. We should not condemn because we should remember. Remember, this is not the focus of God now, to condemn the world. The focus of the Lord is seen in what he said to the woman who was caught in adultery in John 8, 11. In John 8, 11, Jesus said unto her, neither do I condemn thee, go and sin no more. Now, we are, however, to look at ourselves and to say, this is the person that I should judge. This is the person that I should evaluate in the sense, not condemn, but this is the person I should evaluate as David did when he looked at himself in Psalm 51.4. Psalm 51.4, David looks at himself and he says, against thee, he's speaking to God, against thee and thee only, have I sinned and done this evil in thy sight? What he's pointed out here is the problem with sin. Sin is a sin is not just doing something wrong. Sin is personal. It's a personal attack against God. That's why we are called upon to look at ourselves in uh, 2 Corinthians 13:5. 2 Corinthians 13:5 says, "Examine yourselves." The Greek word there is interesting because it mean it has the meaning of pierce in it. Now, I don't know what they were thinking about when, when, when they said that word, when that word was said, examine yourself, pierce. 
But to me, it reminds me about how the bluefin tuna is evaluated. You know, the fish looks good on the outside and the surface looks like it's going to have a lot of fat content, going to be valuable because of that. But in order to do that, they stick a hollow piercing rod into the fish's belly, the dead fish, and then they evaluate the fat throughout the whole meat there. So in other words, they take a core sample and look at it. So we're told in scriptures that we should evaluate not just the surface, but all the way through with that Greek word. And the reason is, the reason, you say, well, why should I do that? Why, why should I do that? Well, the reason is, is because of Romans 14.12. Romans 14.12, which says, so then every one of us shall give an, an account of himself to God. Every one of us shall give an account of himself to God. We're not gonna give an account of somebody else, but just ourselves. You know, at Scantibodies, we have, for better or for worse, FDA audits. This is part of what, this is our life. FDA audits, and, and when that happens, when there is an FDA audit that comes, which we have several. Anyway, there's no advance warning. There's no advance warning, zero. It's not at a regular time. They, you know, when they leave, they don't say, okay, we'll be back on September 1st, you know, one year from now. No, they don't do that. So they, they don't let us figure out when they're gonna be coming. It's just that the FDA appears in our lobby, shows their badge, and not their gun, just their badge. I guess they'd show the gun if we want, but we never ask them. See, they show their badge and tells us that they're there to audit. And then what happens during an FDA audit is it means that they have questions for us about how we've researched our products that we make, how we manufacture the products that we sell, how we, uh, how we address complaints. And man, 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 these are just some of the questions. They have many questions. And, and for all of our FDA-registered products, and we have to answer their questions, and we have to show the documents that they require. And when the FDA appears at our facility, we cannot decline, and we cannot postpone their audit. We cannot tell the FDA, well, you know, it's not a good time for us right now. <laughs> You caught us at a bad time, sorry. We cannot ask the FDA, you know, can you come back at a later time? Something is more convenient for us. We cannot ask them, can you make an appointment first? We can't do that. See? The FDA takes priority over everything. And everything that we're doing, we have to drop everything. We have to drop whatever we're doing. And, and we give them a room and they, they announce to us uh, the persons that have to then appear immediately and answer questions, we have to produce those persons for questioning, we have to produce every document and permit everything to be inspected. There's nothing that's off limits for them. We cannot hide, we cannot conceal anything from the FDA. Now, just think of how the FDA is like God. As it says in Hebrews 9.27, it says in Hebrews 9.27, it is appointed unto men once to die and after that the judgment. So when God calls for us to die, it's like the FDA appearing in the lobby. And just as with the FDA, we cannot tell God, well, you know, we, we decline to get, die right now or it's, you know, <laughs> it's not in our power to postpone it. We can't tell it's not God, we can't tell God it's not a good time. Can you come back at a time more convenient? You know, we can't make an appointment for us to die. That's not gonna happen. Because God takes priority over everything we're doing. Uh, and obviously, we have to drop whatever we're doing when God says it's time for you to die. 
And after death, we have to answer, everybody has to answer every question that God asked. Like he asked questions of Adam and Eve in the garden after they fell. They had to answer. And with the FDI, so with God, we cannot hide anything, we cannot conceal anything from God because the verse, Romans 14, 12, Romans 14, 12. So then every one of us shall give an account of himself to God. And the FDA doesn't care about any other company other than us when they come to audit us. The FDA doesn't ask us any questions about any other company. They came to audit us, and, and if we should start up with the FDA by, yes, well, you should see what they're doing. You know, they're really bad, and you need to go over there. The FDA would say, therefore, they wouldn't listen, and they, and they say, look, we're not here to hear about any other company than your company. And in the same way, Romans 14, 12, Romans 14, 12, so then every one of us shall give an account of himself to God. It's not every one of us shall give an account of another person to God. And so for our last two FDA audits of the Scantibodies Plasma Center, so we have different parts that get different audits, but that's the most severe audit that we endure. I shouldn't say that. <laughs> that we participate in. <laughs> because that's a human blood product that's used for an injectable, and ever since the HIV and everything else, that is the area where the FDA has the most stringent requirements more than pharmaceuticals. Blood, human blood, and the potential to transfer disease to other people, because many people died during the HIV disaster. So therefore, when the FDA comes to evaluate or to audit our scantibodies, human blood plasma center at First and Broadway in El Cajon, it's, uh, it's very, very stringent. Well, something amazing happened, and that is that for the last two FDA audits, and by the way, when the FDA has their audits, they use what's called 483. Everything's with numbers with government. It's a form 483 in which observations are written down. Not necessarily that you did something wrong, although they'll write that down as well, not necessarily that you're gonna get a warning letter, which is warning before you get shut down, although they'll write that down on the 43, but all kinds of observations like, you know, you gotta address this, you're getting close to a problem here, this we didn't like, that all goes on the form 483. Well, the amazing thing is, is that in the last two FDA audits, Scanabody's had zero observations on the 483 form. Now, if you were involved in this business as I am, you would at this point do this, okay? Because that is a clapping affair. Zero observations means the FDA found nothing wrong or not even heading in the wrong direction. It's very rare to get a zero observations from the FDA. They always find something. Otherwise, people would say, well, you didn't do your job anyway. But for two years in a row, we, to have zero observations, that's really unheard of. Now, that goes now to the next question. Why? Why did we at Scantibodies have zero observations for two years in a row? Was it just that we lucked out, you know, or <laughs> was it by chance? Well, no, there was one reason that we had zero observations for two years in a row, and it's because we set up an internal compliance inspection group. Now, what is that? The internal compliance inspection group is a team of people in our company that are, that are in our quality department that are trained like FDA auditors. They use the FDA law as their guide. 
They have the same checklist that the FDA auditors have, and they act like the FDA. They go unannounced to different departments at Scantabodies, like the FDA uh, conducts audits, and they are what we call our self-audit group at Scantabodies. And they find the deficiencies, and, and they write up those deficiencies like the FDA does, and they require the departments to give them a corrective action plan. They don't go to these departments and find nothing. If they do, we say, you're not doing your job. No, they find these things, and they work as our internal audit group, and it causes us to correct all the problems in advance, so when the FDA comes, they should find no deficiencies. Now, when we have our own uh, spiritual FDA audit after death, we want to have zero deficiencies. When we have our own heavenly FDA audit after we die, we want to have zero deficiencies when we're audited by our auditor, who is the Lord God Almighty. And if we have these zero deficiencies, we'll hear him say in Matthew 5, 25, 21, Matthew 25, 21, well done, thou good and faithful servant. And if that happens for each of us personally, it's not gonna be by chance. It won't be because we lucked out. It'll be because we have set up our own personal internal audit of our conscience, assigning this job to our conscience where we, we task our conscience to have the authority to enter into every part of our lives and audit us. As with Scantabodies, our internal auditor of our conscience will be successful if we use the same criteria, you know, Scantabodies uses the same law, the so-called GMP, Good Manufacturing Procedures, or the FDA, that's the law in the Federal Register, that's the law. It's written down in the Federal Register. You can get a copy of it, anyway. And that's what the FDA uses as the guidelines. Now, our internal, our spiritual internal auditor of our conscious will be successful if he uses the same criteria that God will use when he audits as our judgment, and that criteria is the Holy Bible. Our internal auditor must use the Bible to audit our acts, our thoughts, our attitudes, and our words. And as with Scantabodies, our internal auditor of our conscience must generate a checklist that's based on the Bible, that's what the FDA does, to audit our acts, our thoughts, our attitudes, and our words. And if we construct, if we construct for our internal auditor along the lines, this checklist along the lines of Philippians 4.8, Philippians 4.8, which says, finally, brethren, whatsoever things are true, whatsoever things are honest, whatsoever things are just, whatsoever things are pure, whatsoever things are lovely, whatsoever things are a good report, if there be any virtue, any, any praise, think on these things. If, that, if our checklist for the internal auditor of our conscience looks like, as it goes down the questions, the questions to question about our acts, about our thoughts, about our attitudes, about our words, was that true? Was that kind? Was that good? Was that honest? Was that virtuous? Was that honoring to God? Did that bring any praise to God? Did that advance God's interest? Was it pure? 
Was it humble or was it self-promoting? Was it for self-glory? And if we empower our conscience as our internal auditor to use that checklist to evaluate every one of our acts and thoughts and attitudes and words, then we'll be ready for the ultimate audit by God after death, which is the judgment, called the judgment. And just as Scanabody self-auditors find deficiencies, our conscious self-auditor is gonna find deficiencies which are called sins in our lives. And just as Scanabody self-auditors require a corrective action plan to fix each deficiency, we must have our own spiritual corrective action plan for how we're gonna correct these personal sins. And the worst thing that Scanabody self-auditors can do is to come to a department and say, look, look, look guys, I found this problem. You just have got to do a better job of covering this up. <laughs> so no one can find it, okay? Just you know, continue with the deficiencies, that's okay. Just hide it better. You know, you're not doing a good job of concealing it from the auditor, you're gonna get caught. That's the worst thing they can do. And by same token, the worst, well, I guess the worst thing is, you know, look. You say, oh, I don't know, who cares? No, but the second worst thing. Okay, second worst thing is that for our, 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 our personal internal auditor of our conscious, do the same thing. To look and, and say, say to us, look, I found this sin. You gotta cover it up better. So no one can see that, okay, you know, keep with the sin, but just hide it better. You're not doing a good job covering up your sin. The Bible says, if you do that, whosoever shall cover sin shall not prosper. Now, a long time ago, for the corrective action at Scanabodies, I set up a form called the corrective action form. Very creative. But no, the name I gave to this form was Ouch, okay? <laughs> ouch, that was a bad thing that happened, right? And OUCH was an acronym that every letter stood for something. Okay, O stood for observation. And you had to write down, you have to write down on the form just exactly what happened. And U stands for understanding. So that's just like, how did that happen? How exactly that happened? And C for OUCH stands for consequences, which are twofold, twofold. What are the financial consequences to the company? That's one side. And the other side is, what are the consequences of eroding customer confidence? All right. And then finally, H for ouch, last letter, stands for how. How are you gonna prevent this from happening again? Now, every sin that our internal auditor of our conscious identifies, we need an ouch form. Uh, oh, observation, exactly what was done, thought, or said. That's nothing less than sin. It's like be labeled that's sin. And then U stands for understanding. How exactly what, was that sin possible? What exactly on the internet did you open? You know, where exactly did you go? Uh, w w what exactly were you doing? Were you walking on the roof looking in bathrooms, at windows, as David did? And then, that, so that's, that's, that's what that stands for, understanding. Then the C stands for consequences. And really there are twofold consequences. We're not talking about losing money, we're not talking about eroding customer confidences here, but we are talking about the consequence of 
an offense toward God, because sin is personal offense toward God, what exactly was the offense toward God, that's the external one, and the internal one of the consequences, how exactly did this personally defile you? How did this make you dirty? Another wonderful day studying the Bible with our Bible teacher, Tom Cantor, here on Friendship with God. Don't forget that today's message and previous messages can be listened to and downloaded for free at friendshipwithgod.org, friendshipwithgod.org. You can also go online to find free resources from Tom Cantor and our online bookstore at friendshipwithgod.org. You can also find Tom Cantor on Facebook, and you can also go to friendshipwithgod.org and sign up for his daily devotional. Tom Cantor is also the founder of Israel Restoration Ministries. You can visit that website at israelrestorationministries.org. You can write to Tom Cantor at P.O. Box 711330, P.O. Box 711330, Santee, California, Santee, California, 92071. Or email Tom Cantor at tomcantor at friendshipwithgod.org, tomcantor at friendshipwithgod.org. Or for more information about Tom Cantor and Friendship with God and Israel Restoration Ministries, call us at 800-247-3051. What are you doing Sunday nights? Join Friendship with God radio Bible teacher Tom Cantor of the Friendship with God Fellowship Church every Sunday night at 5.30 p.m. at the Creation and Earth History Museum in Santee, California. Watch and listen live around the world to Tom Cantor Sunday evening on YouTube.com by searching for the Friendship with God Fellowship or by going to our homepage at friendshipwithgod.org. 